Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the Rachel Holloman Show podcast, where taking control of your life has never been more satisfying, fun, and simple. We will be discussing things that will help you take control of your life in all different areas, providing you helpful tips, tricks, and advice. In today's episode, I will be interviewing Noah Watson, who is a dear friend to me and John. Actually, Noah and John, their friendship goes all the way back to, I think, freshman year of high school they played basketball together so obviously when I met John I met Noah and he has just been such an incredible friend to both of us so I am so excited to have him on the podcast today and the topic today is actually a very very important one it's talking about mental health and Noah's passion is helping those who are hurting by using talk therapy and other related techniques to relieve mental tension I really feel like this is just something we all need to hear I really feel like this is something the Lord has put on my heart for you guys to hear so I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and without further ado grab your tea or your coffee and let's get into it And today's weird but true fact, paper bags can be worse for the environment than plastic ones. It's become a common notion that paper is always a better choice than plastic. In fact, bans on plastic bags are regularly being enacted. However, both paper and plastic have their drawbacks. According to research, paper bag production emits 70% more pollution, uses four times as much energy, and takes more time to break down when compared to plastic bags. So, moral of the story, reusable bags are the way to go. I hope you guys enjoy today's weird but true fact. Hey Noah, so welcome on the podcast. Yeah, it's so good to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, so happy to have you on here. And I'm so excited because this is my first interview on the podcast. And I'm really happy that it's you. And I'm really excited because today we're going to do a Q&A and a lot of you asked us some really good questions about mental health and how that relates to faith and spirituality and Noah is here to answer them and I'm just so excited about that. So Noah, do you want to tell everyone kind of your background, your story, what you're going to school for, direction, all of that stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I I grew up in... um... Clemens, North Carolina, small town, um, and eventually uh, skipped right on, uh, skipping right on to college. I, I went to college initially and um, didn't really know what I was doing. I I really was there to play basketball. Um, wow. And so, yeah, what I majored in psychology because I just didn't know what else to major in. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but it was really interesting. I, I had a professor that I really liked. My marriage and family class there was awesome. Um, and so that kind of just sparked my interest in psychology. Um, and I, I really started uh, living for the Lord and making my faith my own in college. And so I um, kind of once I stopped living for basketball, I kind of uh, asked one of the, the smartest people that I know, Dr. Gary Chapman, uh, who's in the field of marriage counseling himself. Uh, Love him. Yeah, I asked him, what, you know, where should I go? What should I do? Like, I'm now that I'm not doing basketball, I don't really know. Um, and so uh, he told me where he had gone to school, um, the Moody Bible Institute in downtown Chicago. So I ended up going there and 
Um, I majored in biblical studies and pre-counseling um, as well. So uh, that was really cool. And, and now Lord has led me into a, a master's program uh, in clinical mental health counseling. So yeah, really excited. Um, kind of uh, first year student there, but excited to, to keep going and keep learning. That's awesome, though. I love that. And how do you have that connection with Gary Chapman? Yeah, so Dr. Chapman is a um, a pastor at my church, but also a family friend. Um, his, you know, wife used to uh, uh, babysit us, and they used to, um, I mean, we've just known them forever. They're very good friends of my grandparents as well, and, uh, and so I've just kind of grown up listening to him preach, and and talk, um, and so yeah, it's been been super cool just knowing him. That's so awesome. I know when John and I started dating, we read the Five Love Languages book, and we loved that so much. So I thought that was really cool that you had that connection with him. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys sent in some really really good questions that Noah is going to answer, and I am really looking forward to what he has to say. So here's the first question. Is anxiety a sin because because God calls us to be anxious for nothing? Yeah, so this is a really um, interesting question. Uh, I I've seen people come in who actually have more anxiety uh, from this question. Uh, this question causes them extra anxiety hmm. um, than they would normally have uh, because not only do they have the anxiety, but then they're anxious because they have it. They think that they are uh, living in sin or living in direct disobedience to God. Um, but yet there's this feeling of being unable to change it as well. Hmm. Um, and so that can be really just a hard pattern of thought um it's very circular and and a lot of people really get stuck there um so uh, yeah the way i would answer that question is uh anxiety or any mental uh struggles or or mental illness um they are they are a byproduct of sin mm. uh and so in a sense yes they are sinful um, and, and it's good to not praise anxiety or, or love it. Obviously it's, it's very damaging. Um, but it is very different. Uh, I would, I would relate it to a physical illness, um, something like cancer, you know, uh, that, that's not necessarily because you have cancer, uh, that doesn't mean that you're living in direct disobedience to God. That's just a byproduct of the sin right. that inhibits the world or inhabits the world. And so, yeah, that's how I would answer uh, that question and, and address that and, um, in, in sessions that I've um, kind of done and, and seen. That's definitely a topic that has um, come up many times. So. Wow. Well, I feel like we live in a world full of anxiety. So many people are living with this, those anxious thoughts daily. And I feel like 2020 did not help matters for that. If anything, it's sad to see how many people are even more anxious nowadays. Yeah, yeah, people, um, 
it's there have been large upticks in in all uh, many facets of mental illness, especially depression, um, and I would say yeah, loneliness and financial struggles um, definitely play a huge part in that. And twenty twenty yeah. has brought a lot of both of those for people. For sure, for sure. All right, moving on to the second question. Thoughts on medication and whether or not it should be used. Yeah, yeah. So medication is one of the uh, most difficult things to talk about. Um, Especially, I have found, in the setting of the church. Uh, The church is moving in a better direction than they have been. and this kind of ties in as well to some questions that'll that'll be answered later. But there is a huge stigma um, around ment- mental illness as a whole uh, and, and medication in the church. Um, and so people will say, well, you know, if, if you're clinically depressed, not just not just sad, but really clinically depressed, uh, then that must be, you know, you're not finding your joy in the Lord. And so that's why you're depressed or you're not having enough faith. And so that must be why you're depressed. Uh, And so the cure then is just to find your joy. Simply cast your cares on him and then you'll have no more anxiety. Um, You know, and in reality, what I think that verse is really saying is whether or not you have the anxiety or when you have the anxiety, that's when you cast it on him. And that doesn't mean that you stop having it. That just means that you give him control, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And so that's, uh, there is a huge stigma though, that, you know, if you were casting your cares on him and casting your worries on him, then the anxiety would surely go away. Uh, and so because of that, and because of the years of, of really the church, uh, pushing that, um, and Christian counselors pushing that, uh, there, ha- there is a giant stigma around medication. Uh, and so, yeah, SSRIs are, you know, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and those are, um, super helpful for a lot of people. They basically stop, uh, your brain from, the reuptake of serotonin. So when it's released in your brain, it stays there longer before your brain uh, takes it back up. And so when there's more serotonin in your brain, you're obviously happier. And so um, those can be medications that are just super freeing for people. Um, And and SNRIs as well, uh, very, very similar types of medications. So um, you know, my experience has been that, um, you know, just watching people and watching sessions and things like that, you know, that medication really can go a long way. Again, I would liken it to a physical disease. You know, I mean, if you get a cold, you, uh, you definitely are probably going to take some Tylenol for the headache and take, you know, Robitussin (laughs) for the cough. And so, um, I don't personally see why it would be any different for mental illness. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of how I would answer that question. Uh, and I would also add that, um, because of the stigma, 
there is a lot of judgment, um, you know, so-and-so is on this medicine or so-and-so yeah. is taking that. Um, and so there can be a lot of judgment and, and that can be super damaging for someone who is already in a vulnerable place mentally. That's right. Um, and so that, yeah, that, especially when it's pushed by the church, which is supposed to be a safe place and a healthy place for people, um, somewhere that they feel not judged, yeah. um, that, that definitely can be super damaging and make people feel like they don't know where to turn. That's right. That's so good, Noah. So good. Moving on. What do we do when we ask God to take away our mental illness and he doesn't? Yeah, yeah. So again, this this is a recurring um, question, a recurring problem uh, that comes up in sessions that uh, that I've done, that I've I've seen, that I've watched, um, and so uh, you know the yeah, it's so easy. We we so often don't do this, but. That really likening it again to a physical illness, it, it would be the same, you know, it's, but it doesn't make it any easier. Uh, you know, if you ask God, if you have anxiety and you cast that on him, you say, Lord, I, you know, please take away this anxiety. I want to be able to um, counsel more effectively for you or live more effectively for you. This is debilitating. Mm -hmm. uh, if he doesn't do that, and he doesn't take that away, it does not mean that you are a bad Christian or that you don't have enough faith. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and it can feel that way. It can definitely, especially with anxiety, I would add, it can definitely feel that way. Um, you know, it, it, panic can set in, like, what else do I have to do? How much more do I have to believe before this is taken away? Um, but, you know, there, there are a lot of studies to show uh, that more neurotic people, uh, meaning people that feel more emotion, uh, people that are, that are higher in the personality trait of neuroticism, uh, more generally more less emotionally stable, per se, uh, although that has a bit of a negative connotation, but those type of people are actually the most effective counselors uh, in general because they are able to have a lot more empathy. Um, and so I would say, you know, if you're in that place and you're listening, uh, it, it seems really hard to understand this in the moment, especially if you're having a panic attack or in a deep episode of, of depression, you know, at that point in your day, uh, that it's, it's difficult to hear that it may can be used as a blessing, uh, that you can really see in your life. And, and I can promise you that, you know, uh, the Bible tells us God works all things for the good of those who love him. And so yeah. even your depression and even your anxiety are working for your good and for his glory. Right. Uh, even when it doesn't feel like it so that's right I feel like also you know um, what we go through a lot of times isn't just for us and our testimony but it's also well it is part of our testimony it is to help other people as well and I feel like how we handle that is super important 
too, if we are turning to God with our anxiety, with our depression, um, you know, others will see that and other, you know, you're, you're being a light in that situation. You're, you're pointing them in the right direction in a sense, and it's coming out of your testimony. And it's honestly being a very good example with how to handle something like that versus going off the deep end and doing stuff maybe that's not so good. Um, and I feel like um, that question goes into this one. How do you find joy in God when you struggle with depression? Yeah, absolutely. And and it does flow into this, uh, you know, finding uh, joy in Christ can feel so difficult uh, when you have depression. It It is difficult when you have depression. Um, you know, it's it really is difficult for the normal, uh, not normal, um, you know, just the average person. Uh, and it definitely um i i know that it can really feel like a struggle sometimes but um you know it, when you think about that verse uh that we just kind of shared you know that god works everything for the good of those who love him yeah um you know and you think on that i can i it brings to to mind two examples actually that i've seen in my life uh you know people that i know that uh have have struggled with mental illness, whether it's family, friends, or or whoever. Um, me being able to be around those people and gain those experiences, uh, learn how to help them, how to have empathy, that will make me and has made me so much better as a person and a counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope to use those for God's glory. And so those people, while they were struggling, their struggle is being used by God to further his mission. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, seeing people that are so close to, um, you know, or are having suicidal tendencies or anything like that and keep fighting, uh, that can be a huge inspiration for other people. Uh, yeah. and is a huge inspiration for other people, including myself and um, and so when you think about that, that's how you can have joy is, is thinking about, well, how is God using this? Um, I, and I, I think that a super practical way that, that I like to recommend in, in session to people is journaling. Um, journaling is definitely a great way uh, to keep track of and, and think about how God is working in your life and how he may be, you know, using um whether it's mental illness or or whatever problems are going on in your life journaling is a great way to kind of keep a track of those uh you know and keep a track of how god is working through those how you're progressing and digressing and really um a great way to look at your life holistically i would say Mm, i love that and i really want to get into more journaling because what i have in the past it's just brought a sense of comfort and peace just kind of putting all of my thoughts down on paper it's it's really helped a lot Mm -hmm. and even writing down prayers to god um in my journal has helped me a lot as well i really like that that's awesome uh, next question. If you or someone close to you struggles with mental health, what are some good steps to take? Man, 
Yeah, so this is a tough one, and it kind of depends. Uh, it very much depends also on the type of mental health that, that they, uh, type of mental illness that they are struggling with at that point. Um, I would recommend counseling for everybody, uh, even people that feel that they are mentally healthy. Um, you know, everyone has struggles and, and without God, everyone is going to end up in the same place. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we really are all equal and we're all human. Uh, we all have struggles. And so even if you feel mentally healthy, I think I, I know counseling can be a huge learning experience. Uh, I, I know for a fact that uh, you know, when you go to counseling, you start to examine parts of yourself that you did not know were there. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that depends on, you know, the counselor and, the, and their theory that they use, um, as well as to which parts of yourself you might look at, right. uh, whether it's your family system that you grew up in or your attachment style or, uh, repressed feelings or thoughts from childhood, what, whatever it may be, um, y you know, there's, there are definitely things that you will learn about yourself that will make you a more healthy and integrated person. Mm -hmm. Um, and it will help you relationally as well to learn how to relate to other people and help other people as you watch your counselor relate to you in that way. Um, so, so I'd say, first of all, I recommend counseling to everybody. Um, but if you have a friend or family member that does struggle with mental health, that's definitely, um, definitely something that I would recommend. Um, I would also say, don't be afraid to try medication. Uh, if that's something that, um, you know, a lot of people are using with, uh, a certain type of mental illness or whatever it might be, or you feel that you um, talk therapy is not helping as much as you thought that it would, um, then definitely don't be afraid to try medication because uh, that's not something that's sinful. It doesn't mean that you don't have enough faith, uh, and that can be super helpful as well. Where do you recommend um, they get medication prescribed to them at? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. So I think one of the best places to go would be just your PCP uh, or primary care physician, whoever your doctor is. Uh, that would be a great place to start. Um, and then uh, psychiatrists. Uh, the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist is that the psychiatrist can prescribe medications. Um, and so that's, that's another great place to start. Uh, that can be depending on your insurance and everything like that and finances that may be more expensive than going to your doctor. Um, but they can also, a psychiatrist is great because they can also help, uh, with talk therapy as well. They're trained in, in talk therapy and prescribing medications. Uh, and so usually therefore, uh, uh, somewhat more extreme cases, I would say. Um, but if you if you feel that you're at an acute risk to yourself or to somebody else, uh, or you have a family member or a child like that, then that's definitely a great place 
to start as well would be with a psychiatrist. Yeah, that's great. And if if you're too scared at first to, you know, go to a therapist, psychiatrist, any of those, I think if you are feeling like you are struggling with mental health from the get-go, I feel like it's important to tell someone you're close with that you're struggling with that instead of kind of keeping that bottled up. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, just start with somebody, whoever you feel like is closest to you or whoever you feel like you can trust. Definitely um, open up to them and and tell them what's going on um, for sure. And and one other thing that I would add to this question is community. Um, you know, you, you can go to talk therapy all day and you can take medication all day. Um, but there really is no uh, substitute for community yeah. in life. And the more support that you have around you as you struggle with that and the more people that can help you, the easier it's going to be 10 times out of 10. Um, and so finding those people that can support you, making sure you're drinking enough water, getting mm -hmm. out and exercising, um, you know, treating yourself like somebody who you're responsible for helping, uh, making sure that you're doing that, um, is definitely very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, if somebody that you know is struggling with mental health, making sure that they're doing those things as well. Yeah, and I think, yeah, accountability is super important, and that's what you get with community, and also with community, you know, you don't feel so alone in what you're going through, because if you do share, you know, what you're going through with someone else, you have no idea, maybe they're going through the same thing, and, you know, you can help each other through that, but that's a great point, community for sure. Yeah, yeah, and there uh, also is, is group therapy, uh, is, I don't want to say it's new, but it's it's growing, um, definitely growing. And so it, it's kind of, if you think about Alcoholics Anonymous or something like that, or NA, um, you know, that is a, an example of group therapy, but there is group therapy available, uh, for, um, many types of struggles. Uh, I, I think one of the fastest growing areas that I've seen for group therapy personally would be um, you know, survivor, survivors of sexual assault, uh, or things like that. Um, you know, getting together and knowing that you're not the only person that that's happened to, or that has had to go through that struggle, um, sharing stories, crying with each other, laughing with each other, celebrating when people make progress, mm -hmm. um, can be, yeah, just super, super helpful. So that's definitely something that I would recommend as well. Uh, and it offers a support that individual talk therapy just just can't offer in that sense. Oh, that's so good, Noah. I'm glad you shared that for sure. Um, let's go on to the next question. Is there a difference between clinical depression and just struggling with faith? Yeah, yeah. So this gets back to um, kind of a little bit of, you know, what we've talked about already. Um, the, there definitely, uh, can be sadness and loss of joy, uh, that, that come from not having enough faith. Um, you know, not trusting God with your circumstances and, and things like that, that, that really, uh, the, the more things that you take into your own hands, the more things, uh, you know, and the more things go wrong, uh, that becomes your fault 
because it's in your hands instead of God's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can be, it can be really freeing and, and really helpful to release those into God's hands and, and have more faith. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, uh, major depressive disorder and, and minor depressive disorder are, um, are very biological as well. Um, certainly in extreme cases also there, there are neurological changes that take place. Um, and so to me that it really is, uh, is a mental illness. It's a disease just as, um, you know, and that makes it really so different from not having enough faith. Uh, it's not something that you can just have a little more faith and then it will suddenly go away. Um, and so, yeah, that can be um, definitely uh, a struggle for people who are told, well, if you just believed more, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be so sad. If you just let God handle your problems, then uh, you wouldn't be so sad. And so um, that can be really damaging to people. And, and yeah, so I would say there is definitely a difference between um, a very clinical depression and kind of a lack of of faith in God. Mm -hmm. That's such a good answer. Thank you so much for clarifying that because I feel like that is definitely a question that people definitely are on their is on their minds. So thank you for clarifying that for sure. And we're going to close with this question. So the last question for today and it says is non-Christian counseling making people feel better on their way to hell? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a really, uh, difficult question uh and this is a a question that actually one of my professors um in in grad school has posed um and so uh and it's one that's not actually talked about that much um and but it is very much talked about subconsciously so uh people will say well or they will think and say you know well um you really need a Christian counselor. You really, you got to have a Christian counselor. Um, and that's good. And Christian counselors will be more equipped as far as, um, you know, if, if you're really wanting to talk about God a lot and integrate faith into your counseling, then that's great. Um, and, and I would, I would definitely, uh, say that that would be better, uh, than not doing that. Because I was going to ask, what is the difference exactly between like secular counseling and Christian counseling? Like obviously it is integrating God into it, but I know that could be another question in itself. But what is like the differences there? Yeah, yeah. So the difference is definitely what I would call secular counseling is very much more focused on the theories of counseling and the theorists than it is on uh, matters of faith. And so they will care much more what Sigmund Freud had to say than what God had to say. Uh, And when you start talking about what God had to say, um, they will not be equipped very well uh, um, to be able to, you know, if you start talking about Isaac and Esau or whatever, like Jacob and Esau, you know, and Isaac, they're not going to, they're not going to know what you're talking about. Um, and so it can be 
that's definitely the biggest difference yeah. uh, would be there just the ability to incorporate faith just mm -hmm. having that ability um, but there are pluses as well there there are pluses uh, to both and I would say you know as far as making people feel good on their way to hell uh, that that's the question of well it is counseling any good if you're not sharing the gospel with somebody um, and there are a lot of uh, federal and, uh, you know, APA guidelines for counselors where, uh, you know, if you're a licensed counselor and, and somebody comes into your office and says, I don't want to talk about God at all, well, you can't talk about God. Um, and, and you could lose your license if you do. And you will lose your license if you do. And so that that's definitely something that you have to learn to do uh, is to counsel without incorporating faith. Um, but again, I, I would very much liken it to physical illness where I would say, you know, if an oncologist helps somebody who has, you know, prostate cancer, um, and, and doesn't share the gospel, is that just useless? Uh, and I would say no, you, you know, and Jesus could be, and, and you don't know whether it will be useless or not, because you don't know where that person will spend eternity. Right. Um, and so that's how I would answer that question is, you know, treat it, uh, even if you can't specifically share the gospel, uh, you could always have on your website as a counselor, well, you know, I offer Christian counseling. They'll know, people will know most of the time whether you are or aren't, and um, and so you could, if you help them and you show them the joy that Christ brings and the life that he offers, uh, through using clinical techniques and medications or anything like that, uh, you help them to feel better, um, and to be a more holistic and integrated individual, um, then there's definitely, God can use that. That can be a seed that is sown that may be reaped later. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Dr. Charles Stanley. He says, you uh, reap what you sow more than you sow and later than you sow. Uh, and that's, I love that quote because it, it is so true. Mm -hmm. And when you're counseling somebody, you may never see the results. Uh, you will always reap later than you sow. Wow. Uh, and most, and really, you will reap more than you sow uh, most of the time. And so it's, it can be really freeing as a counselor to to be able to show them the love of Christ uh, through your actions and through helping them to feel better, uh, even if you're not able to just stop and you know read them straight from the book of Matthew right at that moment. So. Right. Oh Noah, bringing all this wisdom today. Yeah. Wow, I was just so excited to have Noah on this podcast because I know this is such an important topic to talk about because honestly, not a lot of us know how to approach mental illness, you know, the correct way and um, how to help, you know, loved ones, friends, you know, walk through that. And if you're, you know, walking through that, maybe you didn't know the healthy steps um, to help yourself. So I was just so excited to have Noah on the podcast today, you know, just to drop a lot of wisdom to help you guys. And I would really love to have Noah on the podcast again, because yeah. I have so enjoyed this interview. 
and I will leave Noah's um, socials um, in the description below. So if you would like to reach out to him, if you have any further questions, follow-up questions about what we talked about today, you can reach out to him. Um, and I'm sure he'd be happy to help answer any of your questions or concerns. And yeah, anything yeah. else you have to say? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely um, willing to, to talk with anybody, would love to talk with anybody that is struggling with mental health. Uh, I've been there. There are a lot of people that I know that have been there. Um, and, you know, what I would say is, uh, you know, you're normal and you are human just like everybody else uh, whether you struggle with mental health or not it doesn't make you different it, it shouldn't make you isolated uh, and again finding that community and support um, whether it's medication talk therapy group therapy uh, church or whatever it might be uh, is definitely very important so yeah my my direct messages are always open awesome thank you so much noah yeah. So today I'm going to read you guys a devotion that I came across. I absolutely loved and found so much peace and comfort after reading it. And I hope it does the same for you. And this will be the raise the bar for this week. I hope you leave encouraged after hearing this. And I'm reading out of the Jesus Calling Devotion book. I've had this book for a few years and I absolutely love it. I feel like it always just speaks to me at the right time with the devotions that I read each day. I feel like it's just something that the Lord is telling me in that moment that I need to hear. And honestly, I hope it does the same for you today. I'm taking care of you. Feel the warmth and security of being enveloped in my loving presence. Every detail of your life is under my control. Moreover, everything fits into a pattern for good to those who love me and are called according to my design and purpose. Because the world is in an abnormal falling condition, people tend to think that chance governs the universe. Events may seem to occur randomly with little or no meaning. People who view the world this way have overlooked one basic fact, the limitations of human understanding. What you know of the world you inhabit is only the tip of the iceberg. Submerged beneath the surface of the visible world are mysteries too vast for you to comprehend. If you could only see how close I am to you and how constantly I work on your behalf, you would never again doubt that I am wonderfully caring for you. This is why you must live by faith, not by sight, trusting in my mysteries, majestic presence. So friends, I hope this encourages you today. I hope you have an incredible week and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Rachel Holloman Show podcast. I have so much fun doing this. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave a rating review so we can hear from you. All of you are awesome. Thank you so much for listening.